episode of Metaphysical AF. Today, we're going to be talking to Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. And this conversation was so much fun. I love Teresa. She always has the best advice, the best readings, and she's genuinely someone that I adore and look up to. I recently got her new book that just came out called The Cards Are Dealt. It is a tarot guide book. It's called The Cards Are Dealt, How to Deal When Life Gets Real. So this book is incredible. It took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting the theme of the book, which is what we get into a little bit in this conversation here. So without further ado, on with the show. Please enjoy this Metaphysical AF episode with Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. we made it we made it yes and I'm so excited to talk about your new book wow just wow just wow like I was I sent you like a little email before and I was like by the way I've been doing the mediumship spread (laughs) like uh I did the mediumship spread like I saw your post about the grief and how you're going live uh for the seven days about that and uh, then I like I picked up the book and I started like yeah. reading the first couple pages and it says something like first I I don't I don't even think I got through the introduction without crying because it was oh. so like I've had that same experience where I've walked into a room where someone was dying and they like as soon as I walked in and I was there then they transitioned and people in the room were like she was waiting for you so it was. I had no idea that that's what the like the yeah, book you know, was so going to start have with. Had that experience too. Oh, it's incredible. It was so relatable, and it's like you love when you get a book and it's relatable. But I had no idea. I knew it was going to be relatable, but I had no idea how much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a challenging book to write because you know you had to go and dig into a lot of stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think that these topics need to be discussed because you know as a reader Mm -hmm. people are not just coming to us for love and money or Mm -hmm. asking about that x they actually want to talk about heavy stuff Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're the only person they can talk to yeah yeah um you're exactly right uh one of the for me i actually was so you, you know, you feel like you do something and then you're like, oh, I'm doing this based on my intuition. And then you read something or you get confirmation from like, literally, I was like, I didn't realize that I was doing like a version of this mediumship spread to talk to my ancestors or like specifically my mother. Um, and then when I was reading in the first couple like pages and chapters, you talk about someone coming to you and doing the mediumship spread. And I was like, wait, what is what is that? <laughs> so then I ran to the back of the book to find it. And 
of course, I, as a Sagittarius, I jumped in like full force. <laughs> so like I did like five readings and then I was exhausted by the end of the day. I was like, oh, wow, really communicating with the dead, really. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, well, it's interesting because a lot of us, you know, the dead are trying to communicate with us a lot. We're trying mm-hmm. to send us signs and symbols. And oftentimes we ignore that or we think it's our imagination or we think we're being weird. But you can learn so many profound things about the other side. Now, there are people who don't believe in an afterlife. I do. Mm-hmm. I do just because I've had a lot of experience with folks who passed on. I grew up in a household where that kind of thing was common. It wasn't mm-hmm. frowned upon. And, you know, I never consider myself a medium per se. However, I've had, again, so many experiences and, you know, it's definitely taught me, well, there's something else going on here there, you know, even though folks may be gone in the physical form, Mm -hmm. the spirit lives on. And I think for grief work, Mm -hmm. connecting with people who passed on is a profound way to work through some of our grief. So I found for clients, it's been very helpful, but even for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, when I've connected with loved ones. Who passed on it's been amazingly healing yeah that's that's exactly what i got too is uh i specifically did two readings after i after i read it in the book um the mediumship spread and uh i specifically did a reading for my mother who passed away like i saw her she passed away it was unexpected but expected like she was on hospice for a long time um but then the second reading I did was for my brother who committed suicide. And it was just so, mm-hmm. it was so powerful. And it was like, whoa, I actually, re- I realized that there were some things that I hadn't worked through thanks to this book and this readings. And I was just like blown away. It was absolutely beautiful. And it was, it was so funny because the first reading that I did was for my mom and the things that the cards that came out and like the descriptions that you have in the book are just, it was like, it was insane. It was so crazy. I was like, Oh my God, I can literally hear her saying this. And I say, I say all the time, like now that she's non-physical, she's louder than she was when she was physical. That's hilarious. (laughs) You know, again, they, they have a lot to say on the other side. And I think if we tune into that, they can share wisdom, solace, they can help us work through the difficulty that, that we have when they pass. Because I think, you know, when people pass on, you know, we can look at that like, oh my God, it's sad that they're gone. But really, we're the ones who are um, hurting. We, we have mm-hmm. such a, a culture that fears death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're afraid to lose the ones we love. We're also afraid of pain. We're afraid of dying because we have been told it's this horrible, painful, awful mm-hmm. thing, but it can right. be a beautiful experience. And again, when people go to the other side, when they're gone, that grief that we feel, which is so, so deep, um, it's because we love, it's love, grief mm-hmm. is love. Yeah. And that is the thing. We we are grieving, it's because we are, we're feeling that love for that person or or like a friend, feathered or thin friends. You know, there's a lot of things we could feel grief about. Right, right. I really loved that you said like the the messages are always love. 
that the messages from them are always love. Even if the death card comes up, even if, you know, the tower or something scary comes up that it's all love. I really, I really like that because we do have this perception that death is bad and the other side is just chaotic and hellacious for that person. If they, you know, if they didn't have the religious upbringing that was, you know, said to be right, or, you know, uh, they're either in heaven or they're in hell. And that never, that never resonated with me when I was little. It just did not make sense. And it's still, it's still to this day doesn't, um, because I, I do feel like we are one of the few cultures that doesn't see death as the next part of life. You're right. And also we have a puritanical here at least in the states puritanical mm-hmm. you know backdrop and so there is there is this thing where some people really uh, think a lot about suffering and you know so that, again we equate death with suffering but also when we think about the other side some of these puritanical people and i i hate to even say it like this i think they like the idea of a place where people go to suffer mm-hmm. and it's like you know it's not like that it's not like that anytime i've connected with anyone from the other side, whether they've died of natural causes or unnatural causes, it has never, ever come across like I'm being punished ever, right. ever, 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 ever. Uh, because when you go to the other side, it's like there's a, there's a line in a movie, Casper, the friendly ghost movie. Yeah. And Casper is talking to Christina Ricci and she said, well, what's it like to die? And she said, and, and Casper says, well, it's like being born, but backwards. And I thought that was really profound. I watched this with my kids many years ago. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was so profound. And, you know, I've always viewed passing on as an opportunity to start fresh, to leave this mortal coil behind so we can discover new realms and discover new things about ourselves and one thing that i think about a lot now i'm going to sound kind of like a little kooky here i love it (laughs) i'm here for it (laughs) (laughs) i think about space a lot i think about space and all these galaxies and black holes and all these things we don't know Mm. how do we know you know that it's just limited that you're here and you're gone there could be other realms other galaxies other places where spirit goes, where spirit explores. So I try to keep a real open mind to all of that. But the yeah. one thing I will say, it is never negative. I have never had an experience, even with people who are dubious, not so great people. I've never right. had them come through in a reading with some kind of like terrible thing. They've always been like, you know, it's been love or maybe some regrets that they'd yeah. like to heal. They'd like to resolve that. There's often understanding on the other side for why things went down the way they did and why they made the choices they did. So I think the mediumship spread can be incredibly helpful for folks who are grieving because you have an opportunity to connect and again, to do that amazing healing work that we all need to do when we lose a loved one. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And I think that, I mean, this show, this spread helped me significantly because then I was like, wow, I'm actually going to reach out to my friends that I know are grieving and offer to do this spread for them. Um, and I did a, I did a spread last night for one of my dear friends who lives in New York now and um it was about his grandmother who passed away 
uh, probably within the past six months. And I really love how you, it's, it's very simple, but it's so profound. Like those first three cards. Oh my gosh. When you take the cards and you find those signifiers and then you put them back in the deck and you shuffle and they still come out together. I was shook. (laughs) I, I was, yeah, well, you know, that, that always surprises me and it always blows my mind when that happens. So blown away. I was like, wow. And it was so powerful and so like true for him. It was, it was wonderful. Like the first card that came out was, I think the, I think it was the six or seven, I think maybe it was the eight of pentacles where they're handing down the pentacle to the person, like the rich giving to the poor. And this was in her like soul's journey. And when I sent this to him, he was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. She inherited this from her grandfather and it caused all these problems with money in her life. And it was just like, so, and he was like, the 10 of pentacles comes up all the time for me when I read for her. And it was just so spot on. And of course, she was with him when I did the reading and I was just so, I was, I was just so shocked uh, because it's like, it's very much ask and you're given. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you want to, if you want to talk to them, they're ready to talk to you is, is really the message that I get all the time, but it was really reaffirmed in doing, uh, in reading this book and doing these spreads Uh I had no idea that the book was going to be about grief, but I absolutely love that. And I do think it's a very, it's, it's a topic that grieving's not just dying. Uh, and I think that that's a part of our society that we don't quite understand as well is that grief, grief takes many forms. You can grieve a friendship that was lost. You can grieve a death of a parent. You can grieve, you know, your children leaving the home and going to college, like grief is different for everybody. And I think that this book really put that into perspective of like grief is a lot of things and how you deal with it can be, you know, there's different ways. Everybody's so unique that the way that they deal with it, you know, you can find out so many different things. And I really loved just the way that you've talked about how tarot has specifically helped you move through these things and just have a better understanding because a lot of the times in grief, we just feel lost. We don't, because our society and our Western culture doesn't really, yes. have, you know, there's no cultural significance to like, this is how we treat the dead, you know, like there are in all these other countries and cultures, how they praise and honor the dead. It's just not really like that here. You know, a book, there's two books that had a profound um, impact on me. One of them was Die Wise by Stephen Jenkinson's, and I highly recommend that because he talks about very much about what you're you're speaking of here right now mm-hmm. uh, about the culture and how we treat death. And that book really impacted me a lot. Uh, it got under my skin, let's put it that way. Ooh. And another book that really um, impacted me was. Um, it's okay that you're not okay by Megan Devine. Megan yeah. Devine is a person who's really trying, who's opened up and she's been around for some time. She has a refuge in grief, a place where, you know, a site where you can 
right through your grief. She's amazing. Her book is amazing. And that book was really incredibly helpful. It's one I I recommend highly to people because she has such a modern take on grief Mm -hmm. and such an honest, I mean, this isn't about um, throwing the stuff into the back of your broom closet. It is like, okay, let's take this out. Let's unpack Mm -hmm. it and let's normalize talking about grief. Let's normalize grief because grief is natural. There's nothing about grief uh, or death for that matter or illness that's Mm -hmm. unnatural. At some point in our lives, we're going to be dealing with heavy stuff and we have to have support, energetic support, support from our community, you know, all of that to help us move through these passages because that's what they are. They're passages that we're all going to have to deal with at one point or another. That's true. Death doesn't, death affects everybody. That's so, it's the one thing you might not know somebody who's sick, but you definitely know somebody who's transitioned. Yeah. And sometimes again, we, there's other types of transitions too. And you know, children, oftentimes their first experiences when they lose a pet and yeah. that can have oh. a massive impact on a child. Ooh. And one of the things I think is really important too, we tend to, we tend to talk down to children. We tend to like, we don't want to talk about that stuff with them, right. you know, because we assume they can't process it. But when we do that, when we don't discuss things like grief, well, what happens then the child is made to feel like, well, there's something wrong with this because I right. can't talk about it. I'm sad. And one of the things I mentioned in the book is the tarot again can be a tool for opening up dialogues and you can open up a dialogue with children about grief. Um, one of the things that I love is you can get the cards out. Tar- By the way, kids love tarot cards. They love oh, them. yes, they do. Because it's like a picture <laughs> book. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And so you can pull out the cards and turn them face up. Tell me how you're feeling. Pick a card now that tells me how you're feeling right now. And that gives the child an opportunity, a very empowering opportunity mm-hmm. to choose a card because the cards are archetypes. Children understand them too. And now you can begin the conversation. And that is so important for children. It is so important for us as adults. It's important for us for ourselves too, not just for the children in our lives. You know, if you are grieving, even just pulling a card every day and checking in mm-hmm. with yourself is so, so good. Such a good practice. And I got to tell you right now, I'm not dealing with a, a lot, although ironically, I've had a few really pretty intense losses this year. Uh, recently, a friend just passed away and a hus- my husband's friend passed away mm-hmm. like in the span of a week. But those were things that, you know, still while, while they made me sad and all of that, I've had something else going on in my life. I'm not going to share it, but it's mm-hmm. been really heavy this year. This has been a tough year, Maggie. Yeah. And I have never I feel done that. so many. Yeah. I have never done so many tarot readings in my life for wow. myself, yeah. except this year. This year, I'm like, oh my God, I am like yeah. on these cards. You know, yeah. like, uh, what do they say? Like beans on rice. I am yeah. like on <laughs> these cards because I need like this daily. Yeah guidance to work through and that's the one thing that's so brilliant about tarot people assume oh it's just about divination it's like wait a minute no 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 Mm -hmm. it is about divination but boy you can really work through so much of this hard Mm -hmm. stuff when you have this tool in your hands absolutely I love what you said about children I remember oh I call it the first cry the first grief cry that I might even cry because of it. This is one of the readings that I did yesterday too, was for this dog that we had, that was the first dog that my kids lost. Um, And, you know, 
I remember the like the sound of the cry of my son when he learned that this dog had passed away. And I remember being little and being like, wow, you know, I remember what that feels like. And now I have tools that can that can help us. Um, so it was really beautiful to be able to like do that reading and 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 talk to him specifically about this dog and how, you know, we it's it's so funny because the dog's name was Cash and we see he was in he was an American bulldog and it's so funny. We've seen more American bulldogs and more bulldogs that are named Cash since this dog transitioned in our entire life. Like we never met another dog named Cash before that, but since then we've met so many dogs named Cash. And it just reminds us, you know, of him and his spirit. Through my children's life, uh, my mother passed away when my daughter was like six months old and my son was five. So it was, it's always like a known thing that she's around for us in, in different ways and, and all the time. So we, in our household, it's not uncommon to talk about the dead or, you know, maybe, you know, and we like, because we, we honestly think like, like you said, the message is like, it's always love. I, I have come to think that like, they're having a really good time on the other side and they, they, they want us to have a really good time, but they see exactly how we were and how they were when they were here and we're bogged down with all these things and they're just like trying, you know, I, I say like, there's that movie, that old movie that came out um, in the nineties with John Travolta. It was called Michael and he was an angel and he's oh, yeah. like, yeah, he's like the archangel Michael and he comes down and he's so comedic and he's fun. And he's like, da, 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 da. and I remember my mom showing that movie to us when I was little and I was like, Oh, and I had the same moment, just like you had in Casper, where I was like, this is so profound. So the, I like believed at a very young age that there were just like angels and dead people around us all the time. Cause I was the last of seven. My mom was the last of nine. Her mom was the last of 13. So like having a big family where somebody passed away every month because they were old yeah. was not uncommon. I think I went to my first funeral when I was seven years old. See, you and I come from a very similar background. My father, yeah. he had nine. He came from the family of nine. And mom came from the family of 13. There were all his funerals. And I was going to funerals also when I was very young. Mm -hmm. The one I remember the most, though, that I really was super conscious of was when my, when my grandmother passed away. And she had been sick with, back in the day, they called it, she was senile. But now they call it dementia. Uh, mm -hmm. so she had dementia. Wow. And yeah, dementia is very very hard for those who who love uh, the people who are suffering with it but she passed away and my grandmother and I always slept in the same bed so my grandmother my sister and I we always shared the same bed you know uh we were poor folks so that's mm -hmm. what you did I yeah <laughs> that's right yeah for people who think that's weird you don't understand when you don't have a lot of money no. and you've got a bunch of people <laughs> living in one very tiny house yeah that's what you do so we we would always sleep together and when she passed on, um, I came home from school and they're like, grandma's gone. And I was convinced that she passed away in the bedroom. They said, no, no, no. But I was convinced. Yeah. And anyhow, I got a visit from her like oh, a day wow. later in a dream. And I felt her presence. And, you know, it was, it really, 
really, really impacted me. Now, the wonderful thing is with my family as dysfunctional as my family was, when it came to things like that, mm-hmm. that was never looked upon like, oh my God, what's wrong with yeah. you? Yeah. That, anything with like intuition or the other side was honored. Mm-hmm. And I also find that that is very common with a lot of folks who, you know, like me grew up poor because mm-hmm. intuition is your survival instinct. Right. Um, it's the way that you have to operate in the world, you know? And my parents were, you know, eighth grade educated, both of them, mm-hmm. farm folks, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, you know, intuition was how they operated. It's how their relatives operated. Mm-hmm. So we were super plugged into all of that stuff. So anything with ghosts or spirits or that situation was never looked on as weird. And I'm really grateful because you probably know people also who were taught that that stuff is you know, hogwash or, oh, you're being, it's your imagination. And those people oftentimes then shut it down and they miss out on this rich dialogue with the folks in our lives who are going to the other side. And Mm -hmm. I want to give one other sample example too of that. So my, um, my siblings are all intuitive and I've got a younger brother. I was laughing, call him uncle Rico. He's very, very psychic, but he, he just dismisses it. And when my mother passed away, he was home. And he said, yeah, I was standing in the kitchen and all of a sudden I had all these silver orbs circling around in front of me and they went out the window and then my older brother called him and said, hey, mom just passed. Wow. And he said, do you think that was her spirit? I said, oh my God, yes, that's very profound. Uh, yeah. And he goes, ah, no, it was <laughs> probably nothing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, you're just you're just shutting that down and that could be so healing for you. But yeah, you know, oftentimes what do we do? We push it down. We shut it down. We don't want to grieve. We don't want to talk about it. Right. We don't want to talk about spirits, any of that stuff. It's too weird. It's too scary. It's too sad. And it's like, but this is the stuff that is going to heal you when you talk about that. Yes. You can't be love and light all the time. No, that's impossible. That's no. unhealthy. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. Um, it's so funny you say that she visited that your grandmother visited you in a dream. Uh, and that's exactly I, you know, after my mom passed, when I was very little, I remember the first person to pass away was my grandfather. And my sister came and picked me up from school, which was very odd. I should I would never have been picked up from school. So I immediately knew something was up. I was in second grade and I was like. I literally said, who died? <laughs> I was like, why are you picking me up from school? Who died? Like, did Papa die? And she was like, yeah, he he actually did. And I just knew, like, they lived two towns over. But my mom always told me, you know, you don't have to be sad when our family members die because they're going to visit you in your dreams. So from a very young age, I was just like, not so sad that people would pass away. I would know that eventually they would come and see me in my dreams. And the first time that I saw my mom in my dream after she passed away, I was like, oh my God, we were in a hospital room and I was standing by her hospital bed and I'm holding her hand. And in the dream, I feel like I, I I don't feel sad, but I don't feel happy either. I'm just kind of like standing there looking at her. And in my dream, I think I'm looking at her and she's asleep um, or she has already passed. But then she like pokes one of her eyes open and just like shuts it real quick, like Robin Williams and Patch Adams. And I was like, oh, she's playing. <laughs> so- you know, the first visit from her in the spirit realm was her like playing a joke on me and being funny. And I was like, this is great. 
was like, it was, you know, that's, you know, that helped me a lot because I was, you know, I was like, you know, yearning to see her in my dream and have this whole experience. And then when she came in the dream, she was just like making a joke and laughing. And that was always her. That was always her. That was always her attitude. And, and she was always the one who, even though she, she, she raised us to be very religious and in the church, she was always the one that people knew, like we knew to bring our friends or our girlfriends or boyfriends over to our mom before anything, because she was known as the lady in the neighborhood who could like tell you. She was like the seer of the neighborhood, but it wasn't, you know, it it was yeah. like, it was like, you know, taboo. But these older people in my life, like my grandmother and her mother and like her brothers and sisters always had this like thing about them, about like the mystical and the magical and how it would, you know, trust your intuition and listen to this and make sure you're da 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 but then the other side of them was like, we have to go to church. We have to do this. Da, 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 da. And it was very confusing as a child because I was enamored with the whole side of like, I saw this or I, I felt this. And when someone would say, oh, no, you you didn't see that. I it would literally like it would destroy me as a child. I was like, I know what I saw. I know what I heard. Please don't tell me that I did not. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is like, I mean, I mean, you know, what do you say to all that? It's like, wow. Yeah. I hear you. Oh my God. You know, um, when we have those dreams, like that, and I love, love, love that you had a dream of your mom. And I love that people would come to your mom as like the soothsayer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think sometimes when we have folks in our lives, like your mom, who are very intuitive, they have a much easier time coming to us. They really do. Yeah. And if you're also open, it is so much easier, even for those who maybe weren't intuitive in this lifetime, to come and deliver a message to mm -hmm. you. I've had that happen also where um, other people who aren't even like related to me, who are not into anything intuition wise, have shown up to deliver a message to thick headed relatives who you know, weren't open and weren't listening. And I, I found that really fascinating too. Have you ever had that happen? I have not. I love that though. Oh my gosh. I And I love dreaming. I love sleeping. I love going to sleep. I love dreaming. It is, it is definitely one of my favorite pastimes of things to do because I... <laughs> I've dreamt very vividly since I was a child. Um, and I don't like to say I'm a medium either, but I've had so many people tell me, oh, well, you've, you've got to be a medium. Like if you're telling me this, then that means that you're this. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I feel like it's, you know, I don't like to be put into a box or have a label put on something because I just feel like I've been like this my whole life. Um and, you know, it's, it's just so, it's just so fascinating. You said something about the children earlier that made me, uh, it popped into my head that they're closer to the other side because they just came from there than we are. So yep. one of the they things just that got here from, from exactly, the other side, exactly. And I remember specifically, uh, 
I remember when I was young, my mother used to watch the Montel Williams show and he always had Sylvia Brown on the, on that show. And she would always talk about like, whenever your children tell you something, you better listen. Like, Oh yeah. Better listen to what they're saying. That invisible friend, that thing they saw in the background, that thing in the closet, it's real. You need to listen to them. (laughs) They're closer to the other side than we are. So they, and when we tell them, and that's the thing is I think once I realized that I realized that other people were trying to shut down my gifts because they had shut down their gifts. And that's just what they were taught. You know, like you can only, someone can only love you as they're loved. Someone can only teach you as they're taught. So we're taught to shut these gifts down. You didn't see that. You didn't hear that. That's not what that was from a very young age. And then, and then, you know, and then what do we do? Well, when we shut down our intuition and we when we teach children to do that, we actually set them up for other struggles in life. Mm. Because, you know, one thing that we're teaching them when we say, oh, it's your imagination, or if we're discounting that, we're discounting their feelings. And that also, you know, intuition is the thing that will protect you. And for children, they don't have life experience like we do. They just have pure intuition. Again, they just got Mm -hmm. from the other side. They don't have the lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And sometimes kids will get a funny feeling about somebody and they'll be like, oh, I don't like that aunt or I don't I don't want to give you know Uncle George a hug right and what do we do as parents oh don't say that you've got to be nice go go hug your Uncle George and then we find out Uncle George was a total creep yeah or maybe we don't but maybe what you're teaching the child is your boundaries and your intuition don't matter right you just got to be nice and put on a show that sets the child up then for poor decision making oh yeah you know so i i i always think god don't make that kid do that if they're feeling funny leave it alone let i mean even if they're just being a brat let them be a brat around that yeah have some boundaries and some agency because that's going to be important yeah listen yeah listen to them it is so important my son uh my son is 12 years old now and he's specifically like i've known since he was 18 months old was the first time that we were in a home that we everybody else knew it was it had spirits in it but he was only you know he was under two years old but at one point he turned to the woman who attuned me to reiki and he said cc did you see that ghost (laughs) we were like okay he's he can obviously see. Um, and then now uh, he'll wake up from the day, you know, he'll wake up in the morning and he'll tell me his dreams. Uh, and he'll be like, you know, he's he's a very detailed dreams, very, very detailed uh, spaces. And even himself, he has said, you know, it, he went from middle school in elementary school to middle school. And there was two different schools. But when he was in elementary school, he kept having a dream about a gym, being in a gym with other people. And when he got to middle school, the first day he walked into the gym in the middle school, he realized that was the gym from his dreams. And he was like, I've been here. I've been here before. This is the gym that I'm seeing in my dreams. And ever since he told me that, I was like, here's your dream journal. Write down everything you can think of whenever you're like, everything you can remember when you wake up, write it down. I love that. You know, journaling is such a great practice for healing Mm -hmm. and also for developing your intuition and also for learning tarot. It is the best tool of course, next to tarot. And I love the fact that you encourage him to journal his, his dreams because 
that's I, I was just doing an Instagram live with Misha Burton. She did Lucid <gasps> Dreaming, Lucid Living. Yes. Have you seen that deck? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Now I'm somebody okay. who doesn't always remember my dreams very well. I'm not one yeah. of y'all and I don't have <laughs> dreams like that. And I'm, I also have dream envy, but she encourages you, you know, write it down. Yeah. And one of the things I always did was I always wrote it down. If I got a, a message from someone from the other side, if I got mm -hmm. a message from the dead that I wrote down, but any other dreams that I had over the years, I, I kind of didn't remember them or discounted them. And I'm like, I got to get back to that practice because a lot of things we work out in our dreams. It's a great place to heal. Yeah. And hey, journaling can help you to remember those things and yes. the details and to process any messages or information that you need for your healing process. It's so, so good. I absolutely love it. I remember so much when I start writing a dream, I'll remember other parts of the dream. And then I'll honestly, like I turn on my voice recorder on my phone when I'm writing my dream down, because Ooh. then as I'm remembering something, I'll just say it because, you know, you feel like you're writing something and then you're like, oh, I remember that, but I got to finish writing the sentence. And then you like forget it. So that's why I turn my voice memo on because I'll be like, oh, and as this was happening, it, it made me recall this. And then I've got like an audio and visual format to recall the dream. And I'll go through about every three months, I'll go through my little journal and I'll pick out what the like the pattern is what thing keeps showing up or what emotion keeps showing up in my dreams and it has been like truly a really profound experience because you know it, at times whenever we you know whenever the indigenous were you know whenever this would you know whenever our time was the time of the indigenous there was someone in the tribe that would be the dream walker and you would come to them and you would tell them what the issue and the problem was, and they would sleep on it for three days and then come back and tell the tribe what to do. So I very much believe that if you can remember your, if you can remember anything from your dreams, anything, the feeling, a symbol, anything. I saw, I had a dream one time where horses were swimming in an Olympic sized pool. And I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a pretty boss dream. It was, oh my it, was, God. it was the symbolism. It was the horses. It was the water. And that's what I took out of the dream. And, you know, then you dive deep and you're like, well, what's this? What does the horse even mean? And what does the water mean? So it really gives you like uh, a peek behind the veil of your unconscious. Right. And, you know, everything is a symbol. You yeah. know that as a psychic person. Yes. And, yes. you know, whether it's a symbol in our dream, whether it's something that's happening in our waking life and everything in tarot, it's all symbols. It is the language of symbols, same that's as astrology. Right. That's right. And once we tune into those symbols, they're universal, they're archetypes. We all know what's going on in those cards. And we all know when we tune in what's going on in our dreams. And so we, for us, you know, the symbols can also be deeply personal, but everything is a symbol. I firmly believe that. I agree. I think that's a perfect way to end this. <laughs> well, where can everybody find you? And please tell us about your new book and where everybody can get it. Sure. Thank you. So the best place that people can find me is always my website, thetarolady.com. Uh, that's where everything's happening. And it also, that's where all the links are to my social media stuff. So you can find that. I've got a free newsletter, all kinds of great offerings for people. And my new book is called The Cards Are Dealt, How to Deal When Life Gets Real. It is a tarot guidebook for dealing with really hard stuff like grief, loss, 
caregiving, um, illness. That's another big, big topic. Mm. Uh, all those things. And it shows you how to, you know, do readings for yourself and work through the healing process. But it can also, it also is filled with a lot of advice for uh, folks who are professionals so that they can do readings that do not cause harm. Mm. Oh, that is perfect. I love that. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's always so wonderful to talk to you. <laughs> it's so wonderful to talk to you. And thank you for having me as a guest. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Wasn't that incredible i i just love talking to teresa she has a wealth of knowledge and is such a wonderful amazing human being thank you all so much for listening to this episode of metaphysical af be sure to check out the new book from teresa reed and all the other books that teresa has put out as well you can find them on the be sure to pick up the cards you're dealt how to deal when life gets real and follow and download and subscribe to the metaphysical af podcast if you enjoyed this episode please let me know if you have any stories of yourself working through grief and using the tarot please feel free to email me at metaphysicalaf at gmail.com i would love to hear them and if you would like your own mediumship spread uh, tarot reading, please reach out to metaphysicalaf at gmail.com or reach out to the tarot lady, tarot lady herself and we will see you on the next one. Thank you so much. <laughs>